Good morning, everyone. We are so glad to have you here worshiping this with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. Let's stand and celebrate the goodness and grace of our Lord together this morning. We thank you for being here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this place. Let's worship together. Good morning. We're going to sing a song we were, uh, that we sang Wednesday night. We're going to start off this morning with it. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in all his love for me. All his love for me. He the
mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me Your child. 
just finish out by singing that one more time. Tell him. So all my life you have been faithful. That's why we can stand with courage, God. And all my life you have been so, so good. And we trust you with every breath that I am able. I will see of the goodness of God. Amen. He is so good. Psalms 86.5, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Psalm 100, verse 5, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He's a good God. Has anybody in the room experienced the goodness and faithfulness of God in your lifetime? Amen. Amen. If you don't feel like you have yet, hold on. It's coming. Hold on. It's coming. He is a good God and he'll meet you where you're at and he's ready to forgive at any moment. We worship him. and We praise him because of that. You may be seated. Say hello to someone as you do so. Thank you for joining with us. Our ushers are going to come forward as we prepare to receive our offering. I do want to point out that even though we're, we've begun passing the, the buckets again, we still have our online platforms available if you prefer to do it that way. We appreciate your generosity and all that you do to help continue the mission. Let me pray before we start uh, passing the offering around. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We love you, Lord God. We give back to you out of what you've given us. We trust you, God, with our finances. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our kids. We trust you. We trust you with our church, with our friends. We love you, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. God is so, so good. Welcome, welcome, everybody. If you're a guest with us this morning, thank you for joining with us. We appreciate that you're here with us. The way that we know that you're a guest with us is uh, there's a little new here card in your seat back, or if you're online, there's a link that you'll be receiving soon. We'd love for you to fill that out so we can send you a thank you note and a little bit more about the church. You can get more contact information, uh, more about our mission and what we do here at the church. If you'd like to know that, there's a little checkbox on the, on the new here card. Um, also, as a way, as a next step, if you're wondering if you've been coming for a few weeks, uh, been coming for a little while our next step after a new here card is the serve here card we'd love to have your involvement there's lots of areas for you to plug in from chair crew to groups to youth ministry to kids ministry to nursery all those kinds of things we'd love to have your help and partnership in that um, I don't really have any announcements other than what's coming up on the screen here in just a minute so if you'll turn your attention to the screen and uh, we'll see what video has today What's up, guys? We are so excited that you are here. What an epic weekend for our community. We had two major pump track events. We had a Red Bull pump track event and we had a USA Championship.
what? Yeah, there I am. Hey, uh, wow. Those are always quite the video. Look, y'all see them for the first time like I see them for the first time right here. I, I at one point in time, considered, hey, guys, I should probably, like, proof these. <laughs> yeah. I gave up on that just a long time ago. I said, you know what, just roll with it. Let's go. Uh, man, it's been awesome. I love having creative people that uh, just think outside the box and have fun doing it. Uh, coming together in places of, of work where you enjoy the people around you, there's, there's something to be said about that, man. There's something to be said about relationships. We've been in a series on relationships for the last couple of weeks. If you're, uh, if you're new here uh, today or, or if you're uh, tuning in online for the first time, guys, we've, we've created these little business card styles uh, or business card size cards that go over just the eight relationship principles. I'm going to go over them today, finish up the, uh, the last three that we haven't talked about. Um, but uh, before I begin, I, I want to thank everybody for uh, allowing me to, to semi-skirt early last week. Um, if you were here, we kind of rearranged the service so I could go watch uh, my kids in a uh, competition they were in. And they loved it, had a great time. So thank you all very much for allowing me to kind of get out at the end there. So, uh, but I, I understand as well that service ran shorter than normal last week. <laughs> I mean, I just don't want anybody getting the wrong idea. I just didn't, I mean, kind of want to make sure that people are still conscious that, I mean, that's not the norm. I say that. I'm actually going to try and get you out of here early today again. But, but look, whoever thought that you have to go to church and, and if, you're, if you're not there for, you know, a minimum hour and 15 minutes that you miss out on God, man, they're not catching God. Look, we're going to have fun today. We're, we're going we're to get out of here at a decent time to beat some other people to lunch. But we're going to learn the word of God at the same time. Uh, again, I'm going to wrap up our, our relationship series, and, and the scripture, guys, that we've been using has been, uh, we've been working off of is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Uh, I want to read these. Paul was writing, he says this, he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who even though being God did not puff himself up as deity, but rather humbled himself in obedience, become, becoming obedient even to the point of death. There's so much going on within this one scripture. I, I mean, there's just so much depth to this scripture. And I love that Brandon started our series, our relationship series out by, by just kind of bringing up this idea, this concept of humility, being humble. As Christians, the very word itself, it, it Dictionary defines it as someone who Im imitates Christ. A Christian is, is supposed to be someone who imitates Christ. Not, not a follower of religion necessarily, but a follower of Christ, a learner of Christ. So then, it, it only makes sense that we know how to walk in relationship as Christ walked in relationship both with God and with each other. I, I, I mean, I'm saying this like this is some brand new novel idea. Y'all get that God wants us to be in relationships, right? 
Some of you are going, I don't want to. You can't have successful relationships until you've learned the practice of humility. Relationships in your life will always be for self-gain. Another thing I love about Philippians 2, 5 through 8 is, well, obviously the, the last part there, obedient even to the point of death, death on the cross. I mean, obviously, as somebody who believes, that's, that's a part that, that, that was a moment for myself that, that changed my life. That's the revelational knowledge of Jesus Christ. We've talked about that. That's how God builds within each and every one of us. Revelationally, there's a moment where, where you come before the cross, where you recognize Jesus is who he says he is, so much more than, than just a storybook character or a fictional history character, but so much more, he, he is the bread of life. He, he is eternal life. He is my life. That's revelational knowledge. And all of a sudden, that's God pouring into you. You recognize who God is. And in that moment, now there's a relationship that forms with God. And in that relationship, now Christ says, it's your turn. Your turn to make relationships too. Look, when you begin to grasp on this sentence, when it, when it says obedient even to death, when we, I think we get that and we love that. We watch, we watch movies about the passion of the Christ and, and, and our heart, you know, it tears it and we, we well up inside. We get what he did, but, but do we get what he did? Christ died so that you and I would have the option to be a part of his family. It, it, it was adoption into the family. Adoption, adoption legally, what it means is that as an heir, I have the same rights as a blood son. Everything that's the father's belongs just as much to the adopted son as it does to the blood son. And so Christ himself, the son, came down and said, I want to share in this relationship with you. I want you to make the choice to share in this relationship with me. But I, I know to do so, I'm going to have to die. Man, that's powerful. That's how much he loved you. The growth, the power of the body is within the joints. The muscles growing around the joints, all these different parts and forms and functions. So the same, the growth potential in the body of Christ is in the parts. It's in not just the parts separate, though. It's in the joining, the coming together, the working together of all those parts. You see, because I'm adopted by the Father, whether I like it or not, one of the things that that means is I'm now related to all of the Father's children. Like, I got a bunch of nimwits in the family. <laughs> but look, we can all say it. I, but that's just it. That's life. That's what this is. This is one big family, the body of Christ, the idiot as well as the guy that's doing great. 
Ephesians 4, verse 16 says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. So look, don't, don't judge somebody else on their work. Their work is their special work. Your work is your special work. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. You working on you helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Guys, here's the thing that I love about this scripture. I think it shows us, it displays to us that until you're joined, until you're set and placed within a body of believers, within a community of believers, within a relationship with believers, until then, there's no growth, there's no building that can take place within your life. I, I, I truly believe that there are people who have gotten saved they're born again, no question about it, right? They've, they've got their golden ticket, however you want to describe it, say it. They are saved, they believe in Jesus Christ. But there's no further growth in their life because they haven't identified their family. They don't develop relationships with others as Christ did with us. I, uh, I recently read some interesting research. I don't know why this thing keeps falling. Y'all don't, I feel like I'm fumbling, and now I've probably brought more attention to it than, than it was worth. You probably didn't even notice before. Now you do. Here, I'm going to... It's going to fall again. All right. Look, I, I want to I read to you guys. Uh, I, I read, a, I read a, uh, some, some research recently. Uh, it was put out by the George Barna Institute. George Barna, is, they do these, these church nationwide studies. Uh, anyway, they did this study, and, and they, they found that 94% of Americans, 94% of Americans believe that they are self-sufficient. Self-sufficient meaning you don't need anything else. You don't need other things. You don't need other people. 94% of Americans believe that they, are, they can make it on their own. We're a nation. We're a people. We don't want to depend upon other people. We don't want to depend on somebody who very well might let us down. We want to be completely self-sufficient when it comes to things, and we want to be completely self-sufficient when it comes to relationships. But it was Jesus, we talked about it last week, it was Jesus who said, I give you a new command to love one another. He goes on, he says, just as I have loved you, so also are you to love others. The Great Commission, now that you are my disciples, go into the world and disciple, uh, disciple others. Now that you have learned from me, now go into the world and let others learn from you. Get involved. Be involved. We must build relationships to do the Great Commission. I, I mentioned it in passing earlier. I, th- I think, sadly, uh, a lot of us, with, whether intentionally, most of the time unintentionally, we view relationships Um, For personal gain, for personal need. What's in it for me? When we view relationships as a tool to get what we need, I I can promise you you're always going to be left wanting. If you're looking to a spouse, 
If you're looking to a relationship, if you're looking to somebody to fulfill all your needs, I can, I can promise you, you're always going to be left wanting. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches, his glory. So people aren't there to fill our needs. That's God's job. So then what are people there for? Christ showed us that relationships are to fulfill the needs of others. How does God work in my life? Well, he usually uses somebody to speak into my life or to bring something into my life or to do something into my life. Or, or whether, it be, whether it be a positive or whether it be taking me to the woodshed and di- you know, with discipline. Those who are allowed, I don't want people like all coming up afterward and saying, hey, I've got the next discipline for you, Corey. But that's life. That's relationships. Christ showed us the relationships are to fulfill the needs of others. Most of the time, selfishly, we we end up holding back, trying to conserve everything that we think we have. When God created us to pour out, And it's only when we then pour out into the lives of others that God fills us anew. Scripture's clear time and time again. If you pour into others, I will then pour into you. We become stagnant when we hold on to what we think we have. But when we pour out, guys, we become full of life. When we use relationships to pour out into others, guys, what you're going to find is that you cannot outpour God. So, relationships are obviously important. And we have to deal with them daily. We have to deal with relationships. So then it only makes sense that we understand the mindset of Christ. And the principles that he used to walk in relationship with those around him. That guys, that's that's exactly why we've written out the eight relationship principles. Because relationships are essential to life, both both yours and others. And and I can promise, guys, in, in our everyday life, if we would implement the relationship principles in our lives, If we would implement the relationship principles with how we interact with each other, how you interact with you, how I interact with you, you with me, all of it. Guys, if we did this together, the beauty of it is that people would see Christ at work in us. Christ would be revealed in our lives. It would be then that their relationships would be used to be built into others because when they see the revelation in your life, when they see that in your life because you've taken the time to build a relationship, built, build a relationship, they recognize the revelation and in their moment, now you're building generationally, but they are now being built revelationally. So as they're being built revelationally, now they're developing relationships, so now revelationally, relationally, and now they're pouring out generationally. Our house scripture, <laughs> Exodus thirty four ten. Then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you before all of your people. I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Look, guys, this isn't, yeah, come on. Look, this scripture isn't some big braggart scripture. 
The work that God is doing is being done through you and me. Not some building, not some place. Now, places are great. We love to call home. We all have a place that we want to call home. Yes, that's beautiful. But, but the work that God is doing is in, is in people. And the work that God is doing is being done through you and I, through our relationships with others. That's how people will see God's awesome work. So we have to have relationships. Here we go. I'm going to real quickly run through the first few. Um, the forgiveness principle. It says, I will choose to walk in forgiveness, not easily take offense against me. The next one that we talked about, Brandon talked about in week number one, was the first word principle. And I'm going to come back to this one today. You will be the first person to hear about any problems that I have with you. Last week, I covered the faithfulness principle where I, I, basically all we're saying is the relationship always outweighs the issue. The relationship outweighs the issue. After that, we discussed the friendship principle. It's whose responsibility? It's my responsibility to approach you if I need help. So often we, we end up sitting there trying to, you know, well, if I, if I start acting a certain way or if I pout just enough, then maybe everybody will notice that I'm not doing well. Come on. I will not expect you to interpret my actions or recognize my heart's condition. The next one is the four-day principle. And this one's just because it stinks after four days. If you let any issue go too long, it's just going to fester. It's going to become a bigger issue than what it really is. If you can deal with it immediately, if you can not let the sun go down on your anger and your wrath, great. But if you need a moment to, to take a step back and not say something stupid in the heat of the moment, just don't let it go longer than four days. All right. Today. Today what I want to do is start off with what we call the final word principle. I, th I think is, as humans, we, to, to err is human. <laughs> we, ha we have faults. We make mistakes. And I think one of those mistakes is that each and every one of us are prone to uh, what I'll call uh, vain imaginations, where your mind just starts to wander. When, 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 it's, when it's easy to, to start just thinking that something has gone wrong in the relationship. I can't tell you about how many church meetings I have been a part of where something has happened within the meeting and then for like the next couple years somebody was mad at somebody because they thought somebody was looking wrong at somebody and, and, and all the while the person like had an itch but didn't want to itch right there in the meeting, you know? <laughs> We see things and our mind just starts to wonder, yeah, see, I told you, I believe it. That's the way they are. You can't live life, you can't live relationships like that. If somebody has said something to you, you're going to have to believe it. There's a, a, Paul, Paul wrote, he said, we're to take every thought captive. Every thought were to take captive. Why? Because our minds wander. I, I don't believe that thoughts themselves are sin. Th thoughts come in, but it's a matter of taking it captive. When these, when these random thoughts come in, it's saying, wait, hold up, stop. Uh, hold up, wait a minute. No, I was kidding. <laughs> hold up. It's taking every thought captive. 
There's a, there's a, a similar example in John chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Jesus is, is walking through the temple. And, and listen to this. There's this large crowd, large crowd of people. They approach him. The people surround him, it says, and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. They're begging him. Oh, come on. Quit, quit with the suspense. Just, just tell me. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Jesus replied, I have already told you and you don't believe me. What's wild about this passage is going on, what you see is Jesus then basically recounts and, and says exactly what they wanted him to say. Yes, I'm the Messiah. And, and what you see is each and every one of them, they end up immediately reaching down and picking up stones. The very answer that they thought they wanted, now they're, now they're aghast. Now they're, they're put off by. I think the Apostle Paul describes this principle best in, in Philippians 4, verse 8. And, and I love this version. It, it just puts it really plainly. It says this, summing it all up. Summing this principle up, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on the best and not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I, I, it's, it's something that helps me. I don't know if it helps you, but this, this, one, this, this principle right here for me is just one of those principles that I've got to hang on to. Um, I, everybody's got their opinion about how good or how bad or what you should or what you shouldn't be doing. And, and, and on this, I, I hang on to the fact that I know my authority has told me, Corey, keep it up. You're doing a good job. So clap, don't clap, I'm not asking for it. Like, please, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is there's something to understand about who your authority is in life. There's something to recognize. There's, there's something to understand about having authority in life. People who have the authority to speak into your life. And we're going to get to that one here in a little bit because it, it really does help. But for this, my authority has told me, Corey, you're doing good with the direction that you believe God is calling for this, with what, everything that you're doing. The authority says, Corey, keep it up. And so I'm like, okay, God, I can, I can believe. And then somebody walks out. Or calls me up and you know, a year has gone by and how come you never called me? I don't Thought you were still wearing a mask at home. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying, I don't know. How did I know? I think a lot of times our minds just tend to wander. The argument I hear a lot of times with this one, with, with principle number six, is that to continue with this mentality, to continue with, with, uh, with this idea that, okay, I'm just going to go off the final word. I'm going to go off the final word, even though they're acting, even though they're doing, even though they're saying their actions say something else. Uh, and so people will look at you and they'll call you naive. It's the biggest argument I hear about this one. Well, you can't be naive. I, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> glad, glad, you, glad you brought that to the table. Yes, yes, you can't be naive. Uh, there's validity to that. Just because we're supposed to walk in relationship with each other, that doesn't mean that we're to be treated as doormats. It doesn't mean that we get walked over necessarily. But again, 
I, I think what this is saying or, or, or what we need to take from this is if there is an issue that I feel the relationship has changed, that something has happened or, or that they maybe are acting or doing something a certain way that is affecting our relationship, well, then whose responsibility is it? First word principle. Now it's time for me to go back to them and say, hey, I just, I'm clarifying final word. Changes are going to happen in life. Circumstances change, people change, you grow, you learn while they are growing and learning. And, and along the way, the growing and learning, sometimes it's, it's done at different paces, it's done different timings, it's, it's different lessons, different courses, you never know. There will be different parameters at play every day in your relationships as time goes on. That's why we have the relationship principles. And then as well, within individual relationships, that's why we have this, this next one, the, the flexibility principle. I, I, uh, I always hesitate to throw this one on the board because Christians in general, and I can't even say Christians because I already clarified what a Christian is. It's a follower of Christ. So we'll say um, I've had very religious people get very up in arms whenever you try and use the word Flexible. That is their F word. Look, I'm, I'm not saying the Bible isn't true. I'm not saying we compromise our beliefs. I said be flexible in your relationships with each other. Good and sincere people change over time. I, I, people, I, they change. They start thinking different ways, believing different ways, opposite than you, and now all of a sudden it's, oh, I see you're going to hell. Well, no, no, I, come on, hold on. We want to be the kind of people who can be Flexible. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage, James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 3, 17 through 18. He says, wisdom from above. So wisdom from God is, first of all, it's pure. It's perfect. It's, it's wisdom from God. It's unadulterated. It's, it's just, it's, it's so pure. It's also peace-loving. It's gentle at all times. And... Willing. Can we scratch that part out? Can we just say, nope, I'm not going to do that one? It's willing to yield to others. You got to remember back to the, the principle that says the relationship is more important than the issue. You're going to have to make a resolve. You're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to clothe yourself in humility as we talked about at the beginning. There's things that are going to be a part of what you have to do to make the relationship work. And then you may have to be flexible. It's inflexibility that allows us to come together, to work together, to stay together. Willing to yield to others. This wisdom from God is the full mercy, the fruit of good deeds. Actions with others. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That's the generational building of God. That's the building into new generations that's built through relationships. 
Then after all the principles have been applied. Initially, we had seven. And then we sat around the day and one day and we were talking and we were talking about how, man, there needs to be like a, well, like a, uh-uh. It's just, this, this ain't working. Like, we've done all the relationship principles. What does the Bible say when, when you've done everything that you can do and then, and then it's still just, it's not working right. Also not the F-U principle. The frustration principle. There, there's never an instance where, where we, you, you just, you write somebody off. Now, and, I, and I pray you hear me. There's people that I know are in this room. I've, I've sat with you. I've talked with you. And you've gone through, through situations that I, I couldn't even begin to imagine or I wouldn't even begin to wish on an enemy. Uh, y'all have been through relationships that have hurt. They've been broken. And, and, and so when you teach about relationships and how important they are, it's all, there's always just this, this angst inside of me that I pray you hear. That, look, relationships are going to fail. It'd be great if they didn't. It'd be great if everybody upheld their word. It'd be, it'd be great if we were all like Christ in our relationships. But, but sadly, there's not. And, and so there's relationship principles that help us to walk through these steps, these points where when you do get frustrated with that relationship, where all of a sudden the parameters have changed, things are different, this person or, or whether it's you, but that's the point. It's, it's understanding it may be you too. Can we appeal to somebody else? Can we go to a higher authority? Not, not Joe Blow on the street, not a, not a WebMD search, but, but can we appeal to somebody of higher authority and say, hey, this relationship is, is at the point where, where it could be severed. And, and we'd, like, we'd like somebody else who has authority in, in this situation, has an understanding, or, or is even just a friend, a relationship together that we can, we can talk this out and and, and help us in this relationship. Remember the first word, principle. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell them. It's up to you. Work it out between the two of you. If you've listened, or if they've listened, they, you've made a friend. And then this is where it continues on. This is what scripture tells us about frustration. It says, but if they will not listen... Take one or two others along that, that, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. As the band comes up, as I begin to close this morning. See, I didn't lie to you. Um, appeal to a higher authority. Somebody that you can both trust, and this, this ends up, it, look, I, I hate that relationships fail. And the truth is, there's, there's no perfect system for how you and I can relate. Because you and I are, are human. They, they, we, make, we make stupid mistakes. We, we believe vain imaginations. Scripture tells us that, that we're, we're prone to take offense But I know, I know that a God who values relationships with us, 
that loved us so much that he was willing to die just to be able to to bring us into the family. Desires as well, just as much, he says, to live together in unity. And so if that's his desire, if that's God's intent, then I know that he can give us wisdom to be friends with those that he's placed in our lives. It's his word, his scripture. There's a passage in in Matthew chapter 5. I want to close with this. It says this. You're probably familiar with it. If you've ever been in church, Jesus is talking about being salt and light. A beautiful analogy about the revelational knowledge of God in our lives where all of a sudden we we become flavorful, we become bright, we, we accept God, and in this acceptance we become salt and light. It's the revelational building of God in our lives. But the scripture says that we're supposed to let that good flavor be recognized in our relationships. Jesus wraps up in Matthew 5 and verse 16. He says this, in the same way, Let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and they may glorify your Father in heaven. In the same way, the revelational knowledge that's been poured into your life, let your light shine in your relationships with other people so that they may be built, that generations may be built They'll see God working in you. This is what relationships are all about. It's, a, it's an imparting. It's a building up. It's, it's not about what I need, but what I need, what I can do for you. It's an encouraging of the next generation. Church, coming together, it's great. I love it. This is, this is the pep talk. This is the rally. This is, this is it. Church is great. Church is good, but... But if church ain't changing people, and I'll go even further to say if if church, you and I, because you and I are the church, if church ain't changing people outside the walls, the church, then all you have is religion. When they've seen his work in our lives, that's, that's when this scripture comes alive. It's, that's when this scripture shows, man, I, I can't believe how much. I, we have this posted in our, in our office, Exodus 3410. Our address right here, 3410 North Main. And I truly am holding on to this promise from God that he's going to do wonders and works never before done. But look, what that is doesn't mean some brand new theme park out here with my jet pad and helicopter pad. Although, no, 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 what that means, what that means, what that's talking about is, is the work that God is doing in you, the work that God is doing in me. That's what this scripture is all about. I hang on to this, that God is going to do something so powerful that the revelational knowledge is going to be just so apparent within your life that through your relationships, generations are going to be touched. That the glory of God is going to be revealed for, and for now for another 2,000, 2,000, 2,000 years until he comes again, until the world ends, until I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I'm living today as he gave it to me, full of life. And I'm going to use that life to pour out into other people's lives. Do I fall along the way? Do I stumble? Yes. 
but it's time for the people we live among to see the awesome work that the Lord is doing. And he's doing it in you, through you into your relationships. So y'all stand with me, please, guys. I, I, I wanna close and, and I wanna... I, I real quickly wanna pray for a, a particular group that's just been heavy on my heart this last week. Um, and this is gonna be fairly general, so I think we could all probably raise our hands, but if you're here this morning, if you're tuning in online and you've ever been hurt by a relationship where somebody changed the rules of the game, somebody walked out on promises that they said that and look, this, this, spans, this spans so many different areas of our lives. The fact that this happens to people in church, by, by church leaders, it, it hurts me. But I know there's people in here who have dealt with different relationships that have fallen, with different relationships that have been, been broken and torn. And, and my prayer for you is that you would recognize today that just because a relationship failed doesn't mean relationships have to always fail. Don't, don't put up walls because of what somebody else did to you. Because somebody else didn't walk in the relationship principles or, or maybe even yourself because you tripped up, you fall, you, whatever happened today, because of today, look, don't put up walls or parameters on what God can do in your life. Well, I'll never do that again. I'll never be involved with that kind of person again. I'll never... Don't, don't say that. Man, you don't know the work that God can do in you. If you're here this morning and, and whatever the relationship was, there's, there's been a relationship that's been broken and it's, it's hurting you more than it should. You haven't been able to let it go. You haven't been able to walk away. You haven't been able to, you're still at that frustrated maybe. I, I want to pray for those this morning. If you just real quickly, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not looking to, to cause people some sort of uh, weird panic attack, anything like that. I, I just want to pray for you. If you raise your hand, if you've been in a situation like that, come on. Hands across the room. Online as well, just mention to the pastor that's tuned in there, say, man, I need prayer. I'm praying for you with this prayer too. Heavenly Father, for those across this room that have been in relationships where, where the relationships fall fallen apart, Lord God, whether their own fault, whether the fault of somebody else, whether somebody let them down or whether maybe they let somebody down, God, I, I pray that you would let them realize that your word says you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you loved us so much then and you love us so much now and you love us so much later, Lord God. And because of that relationship, Lord God, because we, we, we don't have to, to sit there and, and, and worry about the relationships that we've had in the past. We can choose this day whom we will serve. And so, Father, today we, we look at these principles. And I pray, Father, that you would be peace to people's hearts and lives, Lord, in situations where, where they've been hurt, where they've been broken, where they've been torn that you would let them see, Lord God, that in you there is a building program. Lord God, there's a building up that's gonna happen, Father. They will be rebuilt and it's gonna be through other people and they need to be open, they need to be willing to hear, to see. God, I pray that they wouldn't put up walls, hindrances to hinder relationships in their lives, Lord God, but, but instead they would treat relationships as the opportunity to serve other people. Knowing, Lord God, that in the same, their lives are going to be filled by you, by relationships that you place in their life. God, I thank you 
for the coming together of the body of Christ, the joining together of every tissue, every muscle, every joint, the perfect working of your body, Lord God. It's in your name, I pray, Lord, a blessing upon these people. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, y'all have a very, very blessed week. God bless you all.